Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our Jesus Is series. We're kicking off a series called Jesus Is. Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus Is. Turn to the other person and say, I'm glad you're sitting next to me. Lucky. I look better than you. I don't say that. Hey, um, I want you to take some notes if you can. Um, if you open up the worship guide that you got, there's a spot for notes. I promise not to be long or boring. You ever been to a church where it was long and boring? I have. So I don't want to be that guy, okay? And so um, I want you to write some things down, okay? At the very end of our, our talk today, I'll give you two things that I want you to write down. Um, but you write down whatever you want to write down throughout the way, okay? Um, you can do a caricature, caricature of me if you want. Um, it'll be easy when you get to the hair. <laughs> Just got to go right over that. Um, and uh, whatever you want to do, you can doodle there. Whatever you need to do to pay attention, um, do that, okay? And um, we're going to open up the Bible to Matthew chapter 16 if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible today and you say, man, I'd like a Bible, we want to give you a Bible. And so if you go out the doors back here, um, if you just turn around and go out the, it's my left, your right back there. Um, we'd love to give you a Bible today that you can have. That's for free. Um, what kind of church charges for Bibles, right? Um, we don't. And so we want to give you a Bible. We want you to have a Bible. The Bible that we'll give you, it's the translation that I'll be using this morning. If we're using an app, which I can see a lot of your faces are starting to glow, um, we use a New Living Translation. And that, that color, I didn't know if it was the Holy Spirit or if it was your app, but now I can tell there's a lot of people, so I know it's the app. Um, Matthew chapter 16 is where we're going to be at. <clears throat> um, this week, um, a, a young man walked into a college campus, and um, from what I gather um, from studying this and what I see um, is that he walks in and he asks um, the first person or two, do you believe in Jesus? Are you a Christian? I saw the scared and timid dad reaccount the story of his daughter being shot, um, and she survived, but he said the man walked in and he put a gun up and said, do you believe in Jesus? And the first kid stands up, and he, and he says, you do? Okay, cool, you're going to meet Jesus in one second. And pulls the trigger, and he's gone like that. And um, I saw a post this morning that the most bravest person in America was the person, the second person that stood up after he knew what was going to happen to him. Another person stands up, are you a Christian? Yep. And he shoots that person. I think there was nine people um, that were killed um, this week in that situation, or maybe even more now to this point. And then the young man who killed the people, and the reason why um, they died that day, the reason why that man shot those people is because of the answer to the question that we're going to answer this week. Who do you say that Jesus is? And so as you answer that question, and as they answer that question today, it costs them their life. Now, it's very important that when you come to, our, when you come to this church, um, I, I post this week, you don't have to look like us. You don't have to act like us. You don't have to talk like us. You don't got to get yourself cleaned up. You just got to come. And we believe this, that we can't clean you up. You guys look really good today, by the way. Um, Only Jesus can clean us up. You know, we can't clean ourselves up. Have you ever tried to clean yourself up and just be like, have you ever said this? I'm never going to do that ever again. Well, what happens? You do that ever again. (laughs) Maybe it's a day later or two weeks later. Or maybe it's it's a second later. But whenever we say, I'm never going to do that again, it's like, man, it's like, boom, there it is. And so it's very important when you come to this church that we're not going to try to get Jesus like. And then let you adapt that and let you pull that into your life and implement it and then live your life. We don't want you to be churchy. We want to, we want to be followers of Jesus Christ. That's what we want for all of us in here today. We want you to live a life that, that's pleasing to God, not pleasing to me. Because you're going to fail me. And if I try to please you, I'm going to fail you. You hang out with me any amount of time. You're going to see, man, this guy's a failure. 
This guy's going, I'm going to let you down. I'm going to say things, something. I'll say some things that you probably think, that's questionable. I'm going to let you down because I'm, I'm a human, because I'm a sinner. And um, there's a, in, our, in our day, in society, a lot of people look to the pastor, and they kind of put the pastor up on a pedestal. You don't want to do that to me. I'm just a normal person. I won't even let you do that. You can call me Wes. I'm just the normalest person you can meet. I'm actually not even normal. I'm like weird. <laughs> um, so I really don't want to, I'm not better than anybody else. I'm, I'm normal. It's, it's, I've been up here three weeks now, and it's intimidating to talk to you today because I know that I should be sitting in that seat listening to someone preach. Because <laughs> like, I need to grow. And so, I mean, I'm a human. I'm, I'm a superhuman. And um, so my question for you today is, how, who do you say that Jesus is? And the answer will differ, but everyone has to answer the question today. Who do you say? that Jesus is, and the answer matters. The answer matters to the question, who do you say that Jesus is? And that question has been asked all throughout humanity. I even, I, I, I wanted to ask the person that knows everything in my life, it's not my wife, um, she does know a lot, but I wanted to ask the person who knows everything in my life, and it's my friend, and she's cute, and uh, her name is Siri, and uh, she always answers me. She answers me every time I talk to her, you know, they say, I like that, to me that's cute. Um, and so I, I asked her, who do you say Jesus is? And her, and that thing lit up, and it was just sight after sight after sight after sight. And you see things like he was a man, um, he was a good man. Did you know this, that no one will disagree that there was a man who lived, his name was Jesus. No one will disagree with that. Where it gets tricky at is when you say that this man, was he never sinned, maybe that goes okay with you, and people think that they have it together, don't even think that they can sin, or whatever reason. So maybe they, you get past that, and then they, are, they know that the man, Jesus Christ, he died. They know that. There's no problems with that. They realize that he died. The problem is that you say that a man died, and then three days later he rose again. That's when the problem comes in to play with humanity. But whether that's true or not, whether or not he rose again or not, it's still, you still have to answer the question, who do you say that Jesus is? And the Bible even records this. That one day you're going you're gonna to have a choice. You can answer the question why you're on earth, but one day you're going to have to answer the question no matter what. And a lot of people, they, maybe, they, maybe, you, and maybe you or maybe some people, they try to avoid the question for as long as possible. But it doesn't matter how long you avoid it, you have to answer the question, who do you say Jesus is? And everyone has to answer the question. Even the people that were the closest to Jesus had to answer the question, who do you say that Jesus is? And so in this story, in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked Peter, one of his tight tights, his homeboys, his ace, the guy that always there with him, his bodyguard. Who do you say that I am? Because you have to answer that question. And Peter's like, that is a dumb question, Jesus. I'm one of your disciples. I know all the answers. But he didn't know the answer, and he had to have an answer that day. And then he gives the wrong answer. And it's okay sometimes to have the wrong answers, by the way. It's okay not to have an answer. So, and like I said, it's not okay to have it all together. That's, you're perfectly okay if you don't have it all together. You know the kind of people I love the most? The people that are the most transparent. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the answer to that question. I love that. I love this one. I don't know. You know who drives me nuts? People that know everything. How many of you guys know someone like that? My dad's here on the third row. He knows someone like that. Because you want to know who that guy was for 28 years of his life? This guy. I knew everything until I was about 25 years old. I knew everything. My dad would say, Wes, don't say that you know. And now, you know what I'm doing now at, at 34? My kids say, I know that, Dad. Don't say that. The same thing my dad says. Man, isn't it, isn't it, isn't, isn't it funny how life works? That reap what you sow thing, it's true. I used to say, man, I wish my dad would not tell me that you don't know. I know. So here's, how, here's, the, here's the day where it all changed for me. I was 25 years old, sitting in a conference room, 12 staff members. I'm at a church. And I always had the meeting after the meeting. 
I was like, I was that guy because I know everything. So I would say things I shouldn't say. Now I'm using my mouth for the glory of God. I would say things you shouldn't say. I would say the most meanest things. I had to apologize every Tuesday because I said the dumbest things. My pastor calls me in his office. He was my mentor. And, and he said to me, hey, Wes, um, uh, just have a seat. He turns his back to me and goes to his phone. Um, back then they had phones that, that sit on the desk and you had to punch numbers in. And so he takes the phone, he punches the number, and he calls my youth pastor. And he says this, um, hey, Craig, this is Ed, and I got Wes in the room with me. <clears throat> here's, the, here's the thing that came out of his mouth right next. Did you know, Ed, Craig, did you know that Wes knows everything? And I'm like, man, I'm getting punked. You know, I get it. Because, man, that was my life. Peter knew everything. And for most of my life, I knew everything. I had about 25, and I realized I knew nothing. Did you know this? This is free for you. This has nothing to do with the sermon. Did you know the moment that you realize you don't know anything, you can learn a lot? I feel like I've learned more in the last 25 minus 33, whatever the math is on that. I'm a preacher. I can't even do math, you know. That difference there, I, I feel like I've learned more in those amount of years than I learned my entire life. And now I'm saying things that my dad, I just ignored my dad. I ignored my dad, all the things that he said to me. I ignored all the things that my mom said to me. And now I'm doing those things, and now I'm saying those things to my kids. You can learn a lot when you realize you don't know everything. So if you have a Bible, Matthew chapter 16, Peter knows everything. Literally, he knows everything. And Jesus asked him the question. They go to this region called Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? You're going to have to fill the blank in this, this month. And I love that uh, Tyler came up here and, and, and did the welcome today. And before he walked in, he said, man, it's a lot of pressure to get up there and do the welcome. And he's like, I got it. I'm a lawyer. We can talk our way out of anything. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. I'm sure he thought it, though, because Tyler knows a lot. <laughs> he knows everything. He said it. I didn't say it. I was thinking it. Uh, his wife's like, he sure does. And um, she's in the back shaking her head. Peter asked the question, who do you say that the son of man is? And the guy started saying, well, um, if anyone ever answers the question with the word well, they're trying to think of the answer, by the way. So if you ask me a question, I usually go, well, <laughs> I usually start talking. I'll figure the answer along the way. I got that from my dad. And so, um, verse 14. Well, they said, some say that you're the John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elijah. The others say that you're Jeremiah. Or one of the other prophets. That's what people are saying, who you are. Verse 15. Then they asked him. But then he asked him, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? The well, this answer, this guy, and this this guy, and some say this guy. But no, no, Peter, I need to ask you the question. Who do you say that I am? Parents, faith, and church. We are that. And a lot of us in here today, you've grown up on your parents' faith. Uh, my parents sent me to church, whether I wanted to go or not. They spanked me on the way there. I'm like, I'm going to go in there crying. Like, I don't care. Tell them I spanked you. You know, they're from the old school. And I appreciate that. Because I think nowadays kids need to be spanked more. Amen. Some of you guys, I don't believe in spanking my kids. I've seen your kid. You should start spanking them. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you don't believe in spankings, that's up to you. But I do. And if your kid ever comes to my house, I'm going to, no, I'm just kidding. You're like, oh, this, is, this is it. 
I'm not coming to this church ever again. Um, <clears throat> my parents are, the, I mean, they're old school. They would say, they would give, remember, the, I mean, it was just, it, I just, I'm having like this little reminiscent moment. The good old days, people would drop you off. They would say, hey, if my kid's bad, you spank them. I love that. My wife would say, hey, you're all off to his first birthday party the other day. I don't know what, my wife probably didn't say that. But if I dropped him off, I'd say, hey, spank that kid. Or tie him up. You're going to wish you didn't invite him over. This kid's a mess. I'm just kidding. He's awesome. Um, at least my wife thinks so. <clears throat> um, who do you say that I am? Simon says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. I've heard this saying, if Jesus isn't Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. So in your life today, is he Lord of all? Is he is he supreme in your life? Does he rule your life? And he says there in verse 17, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven that has revealed this to you, you did not learn this from human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter. Let me stop there just for a second. He says to Peter, Peter, good answer. Because I don't really ask you what everybody else thinks about me. I'm asking you, who do you say that I am? And he says here that you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And that is who he is today. It's, the, it's what the Bible teaches. He is the Messiah. He is the son of the living God. Now, Peter, something amazing happens. And um, I'm going to show you what happens in just a second. But I, wanna, I want you to write down this. I want you to write down this from this text here. Jesus is... Week one, Jesus is who he says that he is. Jesus is who he says that he is. And the only way for you to figure out who he is, it preaches really, really well to say, come to church and find out. And that's a good place to find that out. But one of the greatest places you can find out who Jesus is, is God's word. Did you know that you probably need God's word more Monday through Friday than you even do maybe even on Sunday morning? Because you got life money through Friday. You got money. Wouldn't it be awesome? I've always said this. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just have the band follow you around? And when your boss starts dot, 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 or school starts dot, 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 or your friends or relationship, whatever, it just, and you just say, all right, give me faith. And you just start singing that song. The band drops in behind you. you in your mind, like, God, help me not to kill them. Um, how great is our God? You know, you just start worshiping. Wouldn't that be awesome? But you don't, I, I want to show you a video um, of a guy who captures who Jesus is really, 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 really well. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I, I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? 
He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He defeats sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I could do that, but I can't. Too white for that. Um, some of you guys are like, this guy is confused. I am. <laughs> I'm confused. Hey, here's the deal. He is, Jesus is who he says that he is. I wrote down one more thing today, and you can write it down. When you know who he is, we can be who he says we are. this up. Can you imagine going through your entire life and never knowing who you're supposed to be? Can you imagine going your whole entire life never knowing who you are supposed to be? And, and whether you answer yes or no to that question, it really doesn't matter to me because what matters to me is, is that most people go through life and they never, ever become who they're supposed to be. Because they can't, they don't know the answer to the first question. They don't know who Jesus is. 
know how to answer that question. Or the answer to that question is maybe maybe it's wrong. They, I don't believe in him. Or he doesn't exist. Or he's not real. Or he's not this. Or he's not this. Or he's not that. And, and you know what people do? And this is, this is so sad to me. In our day in society, people have a great list of everything that Jesus is not. Have you noticed that? He can't do that. No, he can't do that. No, he's not that. He's not that. He didn't die again. He didn't, ra- he didn't raise again. He didn't do this. He didn't do this. He didn't do this. What if? What if we were a church? And what if we were people that just hung on to the fact of who he is and we quit going on with the list of things that he's not? One of the most freeing moments of my entire life was when I realized who Jesus was when I learned more about who he is and what he calls me to be. Here, I've never, I'll never forget it. I was, it was probably three or four years ago and I was reading the Bible and I was reading Ephesians. I was coming back from a trip in Atlanta and I got to Ephesians and I don't know if I was, in, I think I was in chapter one and in chapter one, it's awesome. And in chapter two, it's awesome. And then it gets to chapter three and it says this, or chap, end of chapter two, it says this. It says that the same power that rose Christ from the dead, that's it for me, lives in you and me. And you know what it did for me? It puffed in my chest up spiritually because I was letting the Satan kick my bottom all the time. He was kicking my butt every single day, all day. You know why he was kicking my bottom? Because I thought that he was better than me. I, I knew he was stronger than me. But when I read the Bible, the Bible says that the same power of Christ, it lives in you and I. And, and, and Satan, he's below Jesus and he's below you and I. And so we live these lives where we're getting our bottom kicked all the time and things are kicking us and things are kicking us and things are kicking us. And we're letting them kick us because we think the enemy is already better. Everyone's this week's like, hey, this is a pop game. This, this, this pop game is going to be good. It's going to be a tough game. And everyone's like, if they beat, if, if, if West Orange beats them, they're going to be the top dog in the city. If the West Orange football players went to Popka, they said, well, it's their home court. It's their home field. And they're going to be better than us. And they've got a good player here. And they got a good player here. And they got a good player here. And all they thought was they're better than them. Then the, you, know, you know who's going to win? Whoever you think is better is going to win. Because you'll play down to that. But they walked in and said, man, we're coached. We're prepared. And that coach had them believe in themselves. And here's what I need you to capture today. You've got to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And when we believe that, it changes the trajectory of our lives. I'm here today to tell you, man, that Jesus has a plan for your life, and it's better than you think it is. If you like yourself now or you love yourself now, when you trade how much you love yourself and how much you like yourself or how much you love Jesus, you will like yourself way much more than that. My dad had a different plan for my life. My dad's a landscaper and he said, this is what you're gonna be. One day he said to me, you're gonna have to be who God called you to be. It took a long time. That was a, that was a long conversation. It was loud. We're a loud family. You can tell by the way I talk. But one day he said, you know, I'm just, I, had to, I let it go. He'll tell you the story. It's a tells it longer than I just told it, but he just said, one day I just say, you know what? He's going to be who God's called me to be. And that is so freeing to be who God's called you to be. So my question for you is, who do you say that Jesus is? Because the answer to that question will allow you to be who he's called you to be. I don't know who you say he is today. Here's, here's, here's the truth. Today you may say, you know what? I'm here today and it sounds good. It looks good. Buying what you're selling. I like it. And maybe you say, hey, man, I, I realized today, just from being here, that 
I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a hug at the front door. Maybe it was a high five or a high out in the parking lot. Or maybe it was a bottle of water. Maybe it was the koozie. I don't know. But you got a connection today and you said, man, today's the day, man. Jesus is talking to me today. Here's what we brought you here today because we want you to be saved. Jesus came and died and rose again so you can be saved. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus. Jesus left the place of perfection to come down to earth to die for you and for me and to raise again three days later. Not so that we could be churchy, but so that we could live our lives for him and with him. And a life with him and only him is better than a life by yourself or your life with a bunch of other people. There was a day in my life when I realized Jesus is better than every other relationship that I have my entire life. My wife will be up here in a moment. She'll lead us in a song and she'll tell you the number one person in our life is not West Beecham, it's Jesus Christ. And the same thing for me. The number one person person in my life is Jesus Christ. The second is my my wife and my kids. But you know what? If you don't put Christ first, I'll never love them right anyways. Even if they are first. The goal in life is not to put other people first. The goal in life is to put Christ first. All my type A'ers in here and all my people who love to have punch out lists in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Man, this Jesus thing shatters anything that's a cultural norm. He actually takes the list, balls up and says, put it away. You don't need a list. You just need me. I need you and I'll guide you. So maybe you're here today and you say, man, I don't know who Jesus is. It sounds good. I, I want you to know more about my friend. His name is Jesus. He lived a life that you could not live. He died a death that you were supposed to die. And that's our message every single week. He lived a life that you couldn't live, perfect and sinless. He died a death that you and I, we should have died. He said, Wes, you don't got to pay the penalty for your sin. I'm going to pay it for you. I, I Over where I'm at in Orlando, I, I, a lot of my the church I came from, we did this thing. We'd go to Dunkin' Donuts. And believe it or not, I'm there quite a bit. There's not a Starbucks close by where I worked at. Um, so I prayed that God would bring one, and he brought it as I was leaving. So it just didn't work out. But we'd go there. The cool thing about the Dunkin' Donuts thing was that if you saw someone from the church that you knew, behind you, you bought their, you bought their coffee for them. Now you don't want to be behind me because I'm a youth pastor. So I was always bringing like munchkins. My bill was always like $25. And so I hate when people were in front of me because I'm like, man, they have no idea. I'm about to drop a 25 spot on them. Well, I pull into, I'm, I'm out here now. I'm same Dunkin' Donuts, three Sundays, three Sundays in a row. I get coffee. And I, this week I went to get it on a different day and brought um, this front secretary here, a dozen donuts because I love this place. So I brought them a gift. And so, um, lady, I went to go to Payton, and I got my app there because I have an app, because when you go as much as I do, you have to have an app. It just saves you time, and you earn points. It just makes sense. And I went to go to show my app. She goes, oh, lady in front of you, Shorty bought yours. I'm like, Winter Garden's looking good. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> this is going to work. <clears throat> you and I were supposed to die and go to a place called hell, but Jesus says, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to cover their bill. He's in front of us. He says, I'm going to go before you. The Bible actually, he goes before us, and he actually comes up behind us, too. And he's on the left of us, he's on the right of us. He's like, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to cover the pay. I'm going to cover the bill. You ever been to a restaurant where someone says, hey, don't worry about it, I got it. You're going to love this place, by the way. One of our core values is generosity. And so you want to, you're going to want to run with people in this church because it'll, it'll, if you never have someone buy your meal for you, when you start going to meal with people with, with this church, they'll say, hey, don't worry about it, I'm going to get it for you. I can't promise it's going to happen every time. And it's not a good reason to come to our church. I'm just saying it's a byproduct of coming to our church. Isn't it something when you know that the, the bill has been paid for you? Doesn't that feel so good? Like, oh, that feels good. 
It's nice having an extra 50 bucks in my pocket. Or 80 if you're like me and Fraley and you have a whole train of kids that come along with you. I want you to know today that no matter where you're at in today, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how good you've been, Jesus has already paid the price for you. So let me have you bow your head and close your eyes. Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergarden.com to connect with us.